Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Elevate your summer with Osea's best-selling body care set. It's everything you need for radiant summer skin on the go. Featuring travel sizes of Osea's clean, vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral skincare, like their best-selling Andaria Algae Body Oil. Right now, you can get the best-seller's body care set, a $78 value, 33% off. And use code SUMMER to save an additional 10%. That's an additional 10% off at OCEAMalibu.com, code SUMMER. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Searching for just the right job? Whether you're looking for full-time, part-time, or seasonal work, you can get started today. Amazon Jobs offer the whole package with great pay and flexible shifts that allow you to choose when and how much you work. Find a warehouse close to home and discover the role that works for you. To get your application started for an hourly job, go to amazon.com apply. That's amazon.com apply. Amazon is proud to be an equal opportunity employer. Welcome back into another edition of the Kickabout here on the Blue Room. I am Rob Vera, joined this week by Hannah Farrell and Kate Riley James. Guys, I love podcasting with two women at the same time more than anyone. So it's it's really <laughs> wonderful to see you both. The dream team is back. That is literally just a statement of fact. I don't know what you're talking about. But um, no, how's it going, guys? Fine, yeah. Plodding along, really. I've lost track of the week and month or anything. I can't believe it's June in a few days, but apart from that, Grace. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah, can't complain. Uh, it's been a bit of a mixed bag week. I've had my first... Uh, I can never find another way to articulate this. I've had my first break from my own children, which always makes me sound like a crappy parent. But um, they're away up uh, in Yorkshire to go and see their daddy for a whole week. So I did all of the stuff that I planned to do all week, like, you know, laundry and all that crap. I did it all yesterday. So now I've got nothing to do except get drunk and sit in the sun. Yeah. <laughs> and that's why you've got the big gin glass. I've got a very big gin glass on the go already. It looks like white wine more than gin. <laughs> you know, I don't even know what I put in there, but it tastes good. I love how much you guys as a culture really do embrace drinking alone. I think it's, yeah. it's just so I, wonderful. I think it's amazing. I love being tipsy on you, know, and I think you find <laughs> so much about yourself. <laughs> it's oh, I love that. Alone and uh, tipsy. Wow. Uh, oh, man. It's great. Don't mock it till you've tried it. <laughs> uh, well, I, I, I don't 
know how you guys feel about this, but it does seem like, um, especially with the way that the news is rolling through, that uh, the world is going to open up regardless of how people feel about it almost, you know, like it's it's just moving in that direction. And uh, we get the news this morning that the Premier League is definitely starting up again, which I think we all knew. But it's it's still it's still kind of strange that we're just it, it just feels inevitable. It feels like nothing can stop it, regardless of what arguments there may be for it. And so uh, we're going to be watching uh, we're going to be watching games from the comfort of our, of our home with fake piped in crowd noise. And uh, this is the new reality. <laughs> I can't believe we're watching a Goodison derby with no crowd noise <laughs> will it be will it be a goodison derby because that's the that's the big well, let's question go to them no. ground. You have the, but, so my problem in my house is so it's two reds two blues and we've only got one tv which we could like watch like sky and bt on so i don't know how this is going normally like one team will go out and watch it and the other gets the telly in the house so i really don't know how this is going to play on to whom for us to watch wow. it with us killing that, that's a whole new level of social distancing that Hannah this is like Literally. you know it's going to go out the window Derby but I think, I think because there's no because there's not worth watch I might just listen to it because it's that thing that's behind closed doors anyway there's no fans so I think I might just mm. listen to it I'm not overly fussed about watching it to be honest yeah phantom yeah. fans phantom fans <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to understand the motivation as a fan to get excited about any of this again i i i think it's just the idea that everton is back which is that good i i don't know i mean it is it is and it isn't i mean but so much of it for for all of us is the kind of the the match day experience and all of the things that are wrapped up in that for for those of you over there it's certainly about going and even for someone like me, it's about getting up in the morning on Saturday and cooking my breakfast and drinking my coffee and getting uh, my liquor ready for the inevitable disappointment of it all. And uh, it just it's it feels weird to know that I'm going to be watching without fans. But Kate, you had you had shared a link with me before we started of I guess Australian has started. Is it rugby? Yeah. So NRL. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Made the fake. Sorry the fake crowd noise in. So I saw part of a Bundesliga game this weekend. And the only reason I saw part of it is because I just can't get into it as much as I tried. But I, I did see part of a Bundesliga game with that similar setup where the the players are, are playing, the stadium is empty, and yet the crowd noise sounded, it, I, I have to give them credit, it sounded eerily realistic. Yeah. And I don't know if that devalues us as fans or if it's just a it, or if it is a testament to just how great technology is, but I've got to say like on the one hand, you know, cuz I can tell Kate that you're a little like, oh, this sucks and this is bad, but I will say if for someone like me, if I'm going to be forced to watch a uh, live sport at home, um I would rather there be that semi-accurate crowd noise than the just dead echo of the dystopian dark future of no sound uh, in the crowd at all. Uh, unless they're going to mic up the players and I can really hear all of the terrible <laughs> shit that they say to one another. Exactly. So like in rugby, what about if we're just micing up the ref or, or and the linesman even? Just the officials? Bad, bad. 
because you can hear everything if it's going to be relatively quiet. The other thing is, how many times have we been into any stadium to watch any game and the stuff that we shout and our general our general noise has been recorded? <laughs> I feel like we I should have that. been asked about this. <laughs> it's all right if we, yeah, if we record you go, yeah, shit. Like you know, like we do every week. Um. Anyway, so yeah, I've I've seen. I didn't actually watch the game. Um. Aussie originally, so family were all watching it and sending links and that kind of stuff. And they're like, "Oh my god, are they dubbing crowd noise over this?" And they were like, they were incredulous about it. And I think because the shots and the footage are all obviously re- pretty, you know, pretty close, you're not getting those big wide stadium shots anymore because they're, you know, they're obviously trying to hone in on the action, but also not so much on the fact that there's absolutely no fan base there. It ju- it's a bit distracting and I don't know whether that was just because it's the first game I've seen or and you know, maybe you just you know you get used to it but I don't know I just no I'm not I'm just I'm not a fan I'd rather if even if it was just the officials were mic'd up then just you know something. I think yeah I think that would give us an insight as to what actually goes down on the pitch which would be really interesting like we do in rugby anyway yeah I I don't know I think I'm gonna have to see more of it to yeah. get a sense of how I feel about it but you know, there's a balance of thinking, well, I've got to make the best of this because if you believe the government estimates, there may not be crowds back at games for another 12 months, right? And that's, yeah, and that's, I think that's a somewhat conservative estimate of it too. I I just don't know. I mean, I guess it all depends on how quickly we get a vaccine and uh, how much that can, you know, be disseminated and all these things. And even, even vaccines aren't a 100%, you know, perfect silver bullet for all of this. So I don't know, like I, I think about sports uh, and, and this is really helping me realize when I did watch the games um, that they, they showed, they've shown a couple of games where they didn't have the fake crowd noise and it was just, it was so silent and the players, you could hear the players, but it's not like you were really hearing them. I feel like you're watching training. So yeah, you didn't feel like yeah. you're watching a match. Like it's weird. I, or like you're eavesdropping because... And they're yeah, not all running up going, lad, to the camera like they do when they show us the training videos from the <laughs> <laughs> On it, lad. <laughs> yeah, the training videos, that I think it's all context, right? Because you're just expecting not to hear a crowd and therefore it seems yeah. right. And yeah. if it's, and, and I think this is just going to be this like mental displacement that we all have to sort of get used to for a while. And I, I don't know how I, I feel about it, but I think I'll know better later on. But my, my hunch is that Given the two options, and of course we all agree ne- neither of them are good options, that uh, I think I'd rather have some sort of crowd noise in just to, it, I just, I know it doesn't match my eyes, but it still somehow makes sense in my brain, and, and I don't know why that is. My question, and I know I'm not the first one to ask this on Everton Twitter today, but I, I saw someone say this, and, and I've been thinking it too, is... What if Everton are better without fans? <laughs> no, no. Everton thing that was happened as well, though. Like that's, yeah. that, that was Everton thing. Was All the players going, "Use a crap." Like, oh, no, I know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's again. It's not like he, you know, it's one game proves anything, or the, this final stretch of games proves anything. But what if? And I know that the words "what if" paired with a scenario where we actually win a derby are are just <laughs> the cruelest hypothetical ever. But it would be so Everton, Hannah, wouldn't it? If if we won this game, in this circumstance, of nobody there, like of right. course. 
But, right. but we'll hold on to it still and it'll be our glory. Like we'll still I'll take it any day, but it'd be the most Everton thing to happen ever. I feel like that's the, not only is it the most Everton thing ever, but when you start peeling back the layers of it, you think about how much we tie our identity as a club to the, to the fan support, to the, to the atmosphere, to all of these things. And there will be a part of me that, that thinks that's only ever made the players more nervous. It's only ever made the players feel more anxious uh, under pressure, we always talk about the poisonous atmosphere at Goodison when things aren't going well. Yeah. <laughs> and so yeah. then yeah. suddenly it's like, uh, look, if you can just pipe in the fake crowd noise and do what the so the NFL over here are going to take it a step further the, in the um, when the games start up again in September, in theory, like they're going to have mostly empty stadiums, if not completely empty stadiums. But on television, not only will they be piping in the noise, they will be using CGI effects to create a fake crowd in the stands. No way. Uh, too far. Too, too far. <laughs> we are so utterly replaceable, guys. It's you just, have no idea. It's That's unnecessary. But you know what? If it's put someone in a job, it's put someone in a job. But I just think that's completely unnecessary. Imagine if we just like we're spending games looking for ourselves to see if we've been cloned in the main time. <laughs> Did they pick me? Imagine if you see the lads up in the park and like flicking the bees and stuff and getting ready to leave at 80 minutes. Always getting off early. What what I thought they did a good job of, and I was surprised at this when I watched that Bundesliga. I guess it was the Dortmund, uh, was it Dortmund Bayern or something like. I don't know. I don't know anything about German football. I'm not going to start pretending I do now. Um, <laughs> but I think that was the game, and I was pleasantly surprised at how good whoever was operating. Like I imagine that. And Hannah, you you work with this kind of stuff, so I'm going to overly simplify it and bastardize it. But I imagine he had three buttons in front of him. <laughs> Cheer, boo, <laughs> and kind of, you know, like a hybrid between them. And in talking to some of my friends uh, in one of my group chats, they were like, yeah, for Goodison, you'd have to include like people shout, shouting obscenities at the players. And, uh, <laughs> Turn! The yeah. main thing I want is Operation Goodison to be included. That's oh, what I want. Yeah. Operation <laughs> Goodison exercise. If, if that's not included, they've missed the trick. Because that'll, yeah. that'll give you a little bit of a... It's got to be authentic. Yeah. Yeah, this is exactly. It. So we need oh, Operation oh. Goodison. Can... Crowds. That's hilarious. So that's a, that's a question of... I, I feel like if there's a mission of a podcast like this host hosted by an American largely made up of an audience full of four, you know, people who are not from my own country uh, who are affiliated with this weird subculture we call Everton. I feel like this is that one of the missions of this podcast is to ask all of the dumb, semi dumb questions that I've always been afraid to ask because I should have just known the answer to this by now. I have been watching Everton matches on TV over here pretty faithfully for about 16 years, um, whenever I could. Um, in the early days, it was maybe once in a while if they were playing United or Arsenal or something. And now we've gotten to this point where you can see every game. But I've seen all of these games at Everton over the years, especially in the last decade. What is Operation Goodison Exercise? What is what is going on? I, I It sounds like some sort of like... Um, 
you know, nuclear bombing drill. Uh, it sounds like this is an evacuation plan. Um, over here, we have like a tornado alarm that goes off every Saturday at noon just to remind you that it exists. And I always hope to myself that there won't be a tornado at Saturday at noon or else I'm in deep shit, you know, but... <laughs> remind you, not in Kansas anymore. Wow. Yeah. So what what is the purpose or utility of Operation Goodison Exercise? I don't, Go on, I don't know, Judo Kate. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I don't know what... I just was. know I always think the piss off of it. That's all I know. <laughs> you guys go to the game. Surely you must know. You live in I Liverpool. You well, must clearly know. Operation Goodison's not working because well, I don't yeah, know what the operation fail. was. But imagine... If I think no it is. One knew. Imagine I think no it is knew. an evacuation thing. I think it's once they know how many people's in the grounds or whatever or something like that. I don't know. I can just hear the voice in my head now saying it. <laughs> but, <laughs> but I, I hope it is an, a, an exit strategy if there was an emergency. But I assume no so. one knows. No, literally, just, no one knows. I just wait to go in. <laughs> see, I, I was really hoping you guys would know. And now that you don't know, I, f I find this entire subject even more fascinating. Like, what are, what are they trying to... Like, is it one of those things where they're saying operation commence operation goodness and exercise in the building and then security personnel know that something is... I've Googled is, this. Okay. Anna, so let me have a stab at it. Is it because the Premier League are recording our voices and possibly <laughs> recording us in the stand in case coronavirus happens? Is that what it is? No. But I wish it was. So it's, it sounds very dull now. But there's a, it is an evacuation training drill for police stewards and staff. Not all of them at once, but different areas at different matches. But on the phrase, the strata is commence Operation Goodison exercise. Wow. So there you go. People have Googled this. This is a Google <laughs> question. People have sat there in a room and gone, what's Operation yeah, Goodison? <laughs> so, yeah, it's a drill to, for stewards and all. And that makes sense because then they go and, like, lie down, don't they? Like, as if there's going to be, like, a pitch and phase every single time. So it makes sense. Cautious job in the world, isn't it? Do you want to just, fly, just lie on the grass at Goodison, like, for about 10 minutes every Saturday? I'm in. I have always been incredibly fascinated by those dudes who are part of the security detail who are just kind of laying laying down on the pitch, you know, and just stretching out and they look like, you know, there's just nothing That's going chill. on at all. Like, They're the they OGs. Like the most chill job. They yeah. must be the OGs because they get the best they get the best job yeah. where you got to lie down for a bit, whereas the other people have to stand on the steps, you know, and they have to you tell your wake and calm down. You've got to yeah. earn the honor of lying on the pitch. For Operation mm. Goodison. Operation Goodison <laughs> exercise. Yeah, for, for something called an exercise, it does not look like there's no. much exercise going on at all. It's not very strenuous, does it? The big, thing, biggest thing they do is put on the big massive yellow jackets. Yeah. That's probably the most exercise involved of it. Yeah. Do you guys think that the siren will come back? Oh, God, I hope so. Uh, I, uh, I get like goosebumps. Well, specifically, uh, specifically, my question is, do we think that there will be a siren for these empty, empty stadium games? Because the whole purpose of the siren is to get the crowd fired up. Would, would, just... would they still play it, but not play it in the stadium, but just play it on TV as part of the effect? Why is there not already some kind, some kind rather of, um, of, it's not really a crowdfunder thing, is it? Of some kind of thick petition that Goodison should play the siren, regardless of where the game is being played, 
yeah. when the blues come out. That's what, and then people will be like, oh, listen, Take it. socially distanced around the okay, and up you the can petition. hear it. Start the position case. <laughs> that? I don't know. I think because a lot of the pomp and ceremony will be gone now, won't it? Because, we'll, you know, the, the, the teams won't be shaking hands. There won't be mascots. You know, all of that stuff that certainly where I sit anyway in the main stand, that's literally like just across from, from where I am. And all of that is part of that build up. And I can almost count it now until I hear the siren. And then we're like, yeah. right, we're, you know, we're off. But um, I don't know. I think. I don't know. I, I kind of feel for the players a bit, you know, hundred grand a week aside, on the that kind of like that atmosphere is just you know being a player. It's gone from Premier League to Sunday League in terms yeah. of how it's going down. So but imagine, like, imagine that they don't know what to expect onto that first yeah. game. Like you younger players, everything like what you yeah. like, what do they expect going onto that first game? So I think that might be a big factor in terms of nerves because they're not used to playing in that circumstance at all. Yeah. And then you'll probably got more people than ever watching at home because everyone's just like, oh, fuzzy. So I think it's still a very nerve-wracking thing because it's so different, but because they're putting out all super polls every single day saying, will it lift the morale of the country? I think it's a, like a nerve-wracking thing for players coming back after this break, sort of, to a completely different playing atmosphere. Yeah. I, I mean... I think that you can only do those effects so much for television before people yeah. start rolling their eyes uh, and thinking, all right, I get the maybe the fake crowd noise to just kind of keep something semi-regular, but I feel like we can't work in all of our Everton bits. Like, for instance, are they going to play Zed cars? Are they going to do, like, mm -hmm. <laughs> just that, I, these are the random things I think about. But I thought my, well, my my other thing too is I always felt like the the siren is overused. I think it's effective when it's used for an important match, but if you're doing it for like Norwich at home, like uh, I love the way Norwich get, just Norwich. get all the time. Well, I'm, just, <laughs> I'm trying to think of the most fair team I can, and again, they yeah. beat us a Goodison this season. So I mean, you know, I, fair play to them, but. <laughs> I just, uh, I, I don't know. Yeah, and then it's like, oh, like, it's Actually, time. When you're there, like, it really yeah. is goosebumps. It, it starts rocking then, like, from that yeah. point then. Like, I mean, it doesn't in the main stand. It's usually just like, all right, here we go then. Maybe I'll shut up again. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's the wooden seats. <laughs> it's not yeah. It's not anyway. <laughs> last time I was at Goodison, actually the last couple of times I was at Goodison, I remember it was probably just because I was with Matt Jones and, and those guys, but we were walking into the not to the stadium but into the you know past the concourse into the seating area yeah. right as the players were coming out i mean i must i'm sure i missed some stuff here and there but everyone cuts it close you know you they're like i'm like kick there's kickoff in 10 minutes they're like oh we got time for another beer it's yeah. fine yeah. <laughs> it's just, whereas yeah. here everyone is very much like get oh. to the stadium three hours in advance and get your seat like people freak out about that okay, stuff and then exactly. conversely they freak out about getting out early so they can beat the traffic which does seem to be a thing in in england for oh, sure it's just because so you wrong. get a ticket wherever you park by goodison that's the only reason yeah. <laughs> so. i saw um we've got two two comedians over here rob who did around um, uh, you guys have comedians there whoa <laughs> breaking two news. <laughs> just the two. <laughs> two two comedians wow um uh, Ramesh, Soon you'll have high speed internet too. Ramesh Ranganathan and Rob, Love. the guy whose name I Beckett. can't Beckett. Um, and they were, oh my God, I really hope this is NFL. I think it was NFL. Um, and when they were recording, 
Um, they were saying like the fans, like in the car parks and stuff around the stadium, they get there like six hours before the game and they're like, they've got barbecues, they've got coolers and stuff going on. And Imagine I was like, Dee, yeah. I got you into get the ground <laughs> like half an hour beforehand, mainly because my other half is on the pitch and I take annoying pictures of him to annoy him and then obviously I've got one of the little ones with me as well so I like to get in handy I cannot imagine going to a game and turning up at, at kickoff or like oh. when the players are coming out it's just it's such an alien concept to me I'm, it, all, I'm always there early yeah, yeah. I like the atmosphere a lot of times because it's six hours before. early mm. yeah. imagine like- imagine turning up to consume with a cooler bag Imagine, imagine sitting on the lane with a barbecue on the pavement. <laughs> oh my See, God. that's that's part of what we love here. Is so we love to, it's called tailgating. We love this idea of yeah. like bringing the grills out and being in it the parking lot and just eggs. cooking food. It uh, is, it's amazing. But it wouldn't work here. It would just look so neffy to the only way I can think of. To be fair, <laughs> mainly because it's usually pouring down here as well. Imagine being on the yeah. Goodison Road. Hang on, standing in the queue for the, the, the Blue Dragon Chippy or whatever it is on Goodison Road in the rain is bad enough. Never mind. Oh, just never mind waiting for the barbie. I brought my own, exactly. <laughs> this is why I end up having to eat hot dogs at Goodison. Someone's got to do it. It's usually me. I, I have eaten, I'm trying to think of what I've had at Goodison. I've had the I think it was like a cheeseburger, bacon cheeseburger, some kind or double cheeseburger. I can't remember. It was some sort of cheeseburger outside of the stadium at one of the food food stands or whatever. Um, I don't know if I would define it as good or bad food. It was, but it felt satisfying at the time as I swallowed it like a boa constrictor. Just for a bit of Um, energy. (laughs) But I will say that Goodison has absolutely positively the worst hot dog i've ever had in my life <laughs> i really like you know them. what i've never had one because i don't eat meat so i've never had one oh, you probably now hannah well. i'm not sure that what i ate was strictly meat in the most conventional sense of the term but it was something that might have been composed of something or some things that had lived at some point yeah but i remember the bread it was and it's it was one of those like i think it's like those foot long hot dogs yeah. or whatever yeah, them, like, they go, yeah yeah and then the bread like the meat was overcooked and then the bread was just dry and falling <laughs> oh, apart and the I, I am a big fan of how efficient in some ways the premier league halftime is because it is 15 minutes and they don't really mess around with like it is basically 15 minutes right 15 hard a hard 15 minutes as we would say and so you are people my size like i'm six foot three um you know these wide shoulders you know <laughs> as you, you can see sideways we can't fit you all in on the webcam there Woo! you go oh yeah right. like being on with two ladies <laughs> that's right <laughs> absolutely you guys you guys get it now that's what's important but it, but Goodison, the dimensions of that place, like even walking into the stadium, mm-hmm. I feel like I am having to like make myself tiny and crouch down <laughs> to get through. Like so so at halftime, trying to get down there, get in the line, and then I, my my other favorite bit that you guys do is that well, you can buy food, but you're not allowed to bring it back to your seat with you. Yeah, I'd made that mistake. Right? I bought a the first time I went to Goodison for the a very enthralling two nil defeat to Manchester United on New Year's Day a few years ago. Um, yeah, it was it was cold and rainy and still awesome in its own weird way, but it was we were terrible. Um, 
I remember I made the mistake of taking my cheese and onion pie that I'd bought, which, by the way, actually was probably the best thing I've had at Goodison. Uh, that thing was clearly microwaved while in the plastic, and I'm yeah. sure that I, some chemicals <laughs> seeped into pie. it. Um, it was delicious in that way that you know something semi-toxic is going to always be a little delicious. Like you, It's just the, the rule. But I, I brought it. Oh, okay. <laughs> But I was I, I brought it to my seat with my brother in the Laura Gladys and I started eating and the death looks I got from people were like, what are you doing? How dare you come into our pristine, not at all dirty or dusty 200 year old stadium with your cheese and onion pie. And then I learned later, like you're supposed to eat and drink back in the concourse, oh, which again is tiny yeah. and you're crowded in and neck and a pint outside the box like that's a dream yeah <laughs> oh wow yeah ball well, for that you I can't social that. distance you can't social distance at goodison by yeah. the way like yeah. that's the it is it's old school stadium it is getting comfortable with your neighbors and smelling their breath and smelling and hearing everything and Every so and the guy yeah. behind you gets up either pulls the hood off your coat because it's always freezing or pulls your hair at the same time that's always yeah. a joy but yeah, that doesn't happen in the main stand. You can do whatever you want. There's usually like a trail of like chew it wrappers and then some of that bread that we like to leave behind. Mm. There's there's a bit of chaos. But then I figured after like now that I've started taking Cleo pretty much every home game now, um, that the guy along from me brings his own buffet and it's wow. super cool. I'm just like, oh, okay, just like no. So he brings food up happened. into the seats with him. Yeah, like I, that's I, I, so. I up there too. So is my am I mistaken? Is it that it's okay in the main stand, but just not in the like lower Gladys or the, the main stand still has wooden seats? I don't want the Gladys is plastic, right? Yeah, yeah, sure. <laughs> they're narrow and uncomfortable. I don't know what they're made out of. Yeah, but, but yeah. the main stand still. But that's all part of the charm, of course. <laughs> yeah, you know. the, the wooden flip down seat. So I don't think anyone really cares. But I think the only one that they probably have, then have to clean is maybe the main stand. So I don't know. Maybe it's like crimes against Goodison, but yeah. Well, someone's gonna liven it up. <laughs> you know the the thing I've I've learned in my trips to England as you know a, a foreigner in your land is that you guys have a, a very interesting com combination culturally of both tradition uh, and also kind of being passive aggressive and or just keeping your angst to yourself, but letting it transmit through your eyes in that very like yeah, yeah smile at everyone yeah. yeah. <laughs> Whereas uh, someone could have just said, hey, hey, mate. Well, that's my English hey, accent. Mate, that's that's hey, mate. You can't eat this <laughs> up here. I was, so you guys should know this. Um, I can't know. I don't know if I've ever talked about this on this, on this, uh, in this forum before, but I actually was in a play when I was in high school. So, the, so imagine 18 uh, year old Rob with, Beautiful hair. I had beautiful hair. We need to like, see my hair. Oh, I'll I'll send it to you. Um, and f I think it may there may even be one on Facebook, but I'll send it to you. Um, I had beautiful hair. Like my hair was so beautiful that the punishment for having that beautiful hair was to lose it by the age of twenty seven. So oh. I mean that's oh it's fine. I've I've I'm adjusted to this. I, I have a good shaped bald head. That's you all know. right, you're hot now. It's fine. It's totally fine. But um. God, I got lost in the dream of my hair, so I've already <laughs> lost the story. Now, now, here's where I was going. So when I was 18, I was in a play in high school where, and tell me how meta this is, it was called Noises Off. I don't know if you guys have ever heard of that play, but it's a comedy. But I was playing an, 
I was in a play playing an actor who was in a play who was American, but playing a British person in the play. So I had to play, how meta is that, by the way? I had to play an actor who was also playing a role that was English. He was played by Christopher Reeve in the movie version of it. Uh, uh, that was your mice. Was that your... <laughs> <laughs> what was that? What on earth were you watching for the accent inspiration, by the way? Who, me? Yeah. Oh, I've... Trust me, when I... In the in the 90s, I had seen plenty of movies with uh, English accents that I knew exactly how you guys sounded, mm-hmm. so don't worry. I had it covered. Mm-hmm. It was awesome. I mean, uh, practically no. Hugh Grant. Oh, <laughs> Basically, and that's the thing that I always tell people that I've, if I've learned anything watching the Premier League over these last several years, it's that you would think that a country is, in terms of land mass, you can, it's not like you guys are in this gigantic country, but yet the accents are just so different depending on the part of the country. Awesome. But in America, our whole experience is filtered through hearing like proper London accents or on the other end of the spectrum, like... You know, the rain in Spain stays mainly on yeah. the plane and crap like that. Like, yeah. there's no, like, you either sound like an idiot or you sound like the smartest person ever, but there's no, like, <laughs> in between there. Um, but I think I'd like to think I pulled it off. It is on video somewhere, by the way, Kate. I'm going to find it. It's it on Oh, my God. Now, it's on VHS. Now, Hannah won't know what VHS is, Kate, but I bet you. Yes, I do. Yeah. I can't hear you right now, Hannah. This How is... young do you think I am? <laughs> I'm just messing with you, Hannah. I just like the... I know, Hannah. You should enjoy this time of life where people are poking fun at you for being too young because oh, yeah. that doesn't last very long. Like trust they're not me. completely sick with jealousy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. You have your whole life ahead. <laughs> oh. VHS was like VHS was a bit like I don't want to say like chavy. It was. I, I think there's a timeline to this. I think did Betamax cut or like Betamax for you? Betamax come out first, and then VHS was VHS like the next step up, or were they out at the same time and one was just better than the other? Like they, all kind of in America at least, they were. There was a period of time where they were both out at the same time. Right, you could okay. Go to the video store and you could rent either one. Uh, but okay. at a certain point, VHS won the Gladiator Death yeah. Match of terrible formats so it's just and a bit like like kind of dvds and blu-ray like the old school or, or do you remember divix it was oh. like it was like when dvds came out there was like this other format of these discs it was between laser discs now do you remember laser discs no okay laser discs were like these things the size of a frisbee that you put into a machine like a dvd only they were like what? really big. like for those of you who are hearing this uh I, i'm not doing a very good job because you can't see my how what my fingers are doing right now but <laughs> oh, you know how big a regulation frisbee is <laughs> it was like a it was like the kind of disc that you would throw at your enemies hoping to decapitate them oh, it was gigantic a frisbee. yeah yeah um but you know then, then we had dvds anyway yeah we had beat em, which i love that you call it beat max beat max do you guys say um, if a so- like let's say a software program is in a testing phase? Do you say, "Oh, this is currently in beta or beta"? Neither. I don't think it's it's not. Okay, I don't no, think it's just common. Yeah, oh, I don't think it's wow. a common phrase over here. Oh, can we just do a whole episode on colloquialisms? This is going to be amazing. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I've, I think we could absolutely. Like, it would take us three hour three hours to cover all of that, but. 
Yeah, like it's funny that you say beta max. I would say beta max. You say vitamin, we say vitamin. Vitamin. And to do the Eddie Izzard bit, we say aluminum, and you say aluminium, aluminium. as if you have as if you have the tilde over the end for some reason, like you. <laughs> Wow. Aluminium, but oh my god! I just think it's really interesting. I love it. I was um, listening to um, words. Now what we say? Is go blank. Oh, this, trust me. I, Hannah, say, the only mistake. Premier, different to me, so I say premier. But you yeah, say, I say premier. premier. Yeah, it's premier. premier. I love that Hannah. Your accent is different. Rob, look. <laughs> for those of you who are listening, for those of you listening to this fine Everton content right now, let me assure you Actually, that. We're, this is, we're on 34 minutes. We've spoken about football quite a lot so oh, far yeah. this time. Yeah, no, the last I'm not time about, we talked about virtual porn. <laughs> this has got an oh, direction. Well, in <laughs> fairness, we also talked about uh, equal treatment of women in oh, wow. uh, cr- cr- football critique. But fine, if you want to boil it down to... To that. Oh, oh my god I saw a brilliant meme today as well that said um, you'll see me on Pornhub before you see me on TikTok what's <laughs> <laughs> on I don't, I don't get this TikTok I don't get TikTok no, no you know what in work it was funny they wanted to put one of the presenters on from yeah. Radio City on it and because I was the most youthful they were like oh Hannah can you set it up and I was like I don't have a clue how to use that thing <laughs> yes, label me I think it label me as somebody who does that <laughs> I was like no is so it. here's my question is TikTok their videos that are yeah. kind of strung together. What's different between them and like Instagram stories? It all kind of seems the same to me. I think you just you can video yourself for like a minute, can't you? And I think you've just got to do something which is like cool. Yeah, you gotta, I don't, you gotta, I don't like, get it. You got to dub no a soundtrack or like dub a, a song or whatever it is over it. Yeah. So I think it's some just, of them are pretty cool. To be fair, my yeah. You know what? I like the ones which go viral and ends up on Twitter. So yeah, sure. I'll tell people who screen record them and put them on Twitter yeah. for the rest of us. When it's ready or for Twitter. Get them through. Or like imagine at home standing there like recording one of them. It just it gives me ammunition now because I keep threatening to, tell, to my kids. I'm like, fine, I'll get I'll just get a TikTok account then. And then they're like, no, 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 no. do whatever Ma- you want. Mom, you're too lame for TikTok. <laughs> you don't really get it. That face. However, you're that not- said, my 14 year old has done a couple. Of, oh, I've just realised that she's actually too young to be watching those films, but she loves like um, Rob. Have you seen Hot Fuzz? Oh, the greatest oh, of right. the hot fuzz. So she does, the, you know, the sequence where, um, so Nicholas Angel is in the pub, if you haven't already seen it, and he goes up to the youth because they're all underage drinking, and he goes, oi, and he goes, what? And he's just like a proper spotty little teen. And the TikTok video is absolutely frame by frame perfect. And she's dressed up like as the copper in one and then as the spotty kid oh, in the gosh. other. And it's absolutely superb. So for teaching our kids who are kind of like, you know, media savvy and that type of thing, I think it is quite cool. But I'm so done with seeing celebrities doing both bullshit dances and stuff and i'm like yeah. i'm not interested you know Genuinely the one i do like this is completely too british for you now rob so sorry this is just <laughs> well, this one you know hey, it's all things. part of my education so it's fine <laughs> so there's this program this country which is about like a brother and sister or brother and cousin who live like in rural england and daisy the bay cooper who's the main actress she yeah. is tears up on um, Instagram and she's dancing to like theme music, theme tunes. Amazing. So she does the BBC News one, but it's um, <laughs> as if she's like in a club, like off off it, basically. And then she's some casualty and stuff dancing to them and they're brilliant. Superb. Yeah, What's so the name of this show for, for reference? Uh, the, this Country. So it's really, it's really, oh, really This really Country. Yeah, what a, this what country. a name. 
Original. Oh, all right. <laughs> no, I just, I just love the name of it. Is Eric the points over here? Thank oh you. yeah, no, f- yeah, f- look, yeah, we came up with genius ones like Friends. Yeah, This country, like, whereas I'd be like, huh, this, this effing country. I know. We just promos. Yeah. Well, we adapted the Office from you. I, I think they're Still totally different shows. Still have English producers, so that's well, why it's so good. It's the only American TV show that I well, enjoy is The Office. Well, Hannah, let, let me let me slightly <laughs> add to that. It had American. It had English producers in that Ricky Gervais and Stephen Merchant put their names on as executive producers, so they <laughs> could collect, so that they could make, <laughs> so that they could keep the money coming in because the money was very important to all this. But it was, I was mostly it was uh, an American show. Love no, U.S. Office, love U.S. Office, it's one of my favorite series. I I do love the U.S. Office, but I also Obviously, love the British Office. Yeah. 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 But, but yeah it was probably one season too long, probably. Yeah, I didn't really care for it after Steve Carell was gone. Oh, he was in it for a bit, wasn't he? So he came in about season eight because Michael left season seven. That's right, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, so, yeah, and then once Steve Carell left, it sort of died yeah, death a bit, didn't it? Best part, though, about post-Steve Carell time on The Office was maybe one of the most underrated characters in the history of comedic television, Robert California. Oh, okay, yeah, Robert California's boss. Robert California, just Google, just go, or go to YouTube and Brilliant. just type in Robert California. <laughs> and it will do a montage of, because he's played by James Spader in the way that only James Spader could have played him. Boss where he says that. these just really semi-intellectual things about weird sex and you know being a just just having this weird like everything with him is just these weird things where he says nonsense to you and by the end of it you're like this is the most impressive man i've ever met in my life (laughs) he's like a svengali or something you know like he's suddenly like yeah Yeah. no Um, true true it was the only gift from the post steve era is the office is the american office i guess that's probably the best american adaptation of something that was already british right unless probably. there's something i'm just not thinking and you of you know what funnily enough so like the first season where it is completely mimicking the U- in the uk office i don't enjoy as much i love it when no, it's terrible. american like yeah when they've adapted it properly yeah but i think it's still because it's still so insulting as british humor is like just ripping each other to bits that's why i love the us office because it hasn't lost that bit of just being so rude and horrible to each other. That's why I love it. <laughs> I think, though, the difference... So I always looked at those two shows as very... I mean, they're both called The Office and they have the same general setup, but it is the best illustration of the difference between, to me at least, like British or English humor versus American in that the the British one, it's fun. it was so funny because of just how tense and uncomfortable it made you. And yeah, Ricky Gervais is as well at the same time. Like yeah, mundane. Off. Yeah, super mundane. But then some of the funniest parts of what Ricky Gervais would do was when he said nothing at all and just the silence of yeah. a tense situation. Whereas Steve Carell said some said and did some things, but he he's impossible not to love. Steve Carell's so lovable that he's like a lovable idiot boss, even when he was saying terrible things. Whereas Ricky Gervais is, you know, he's an asshole. So it's easier to just, you know, but that, that, uh, by the way, I would recommend that, uh, Netflix series that he does afterlife. 
brilliant. Yeah, I've not seen this. I need to see the second one. Second, second series. Yeah. The first season was so good. I'd never watched it um, when the first season came out, and then when two came out, like what was it a month ago now? Yeah. Um, I ended up watching series one and two within a day because I loved it. Oh that my one. god! Yeah. I, I love that you don't do things by half time. I always do this for things, and then boom, that I've got nothing to watch. Anyway, I watched season one and two within a day, and I just thought it was amazing. But yeah. with Ricky Gervais, like Derek, extras, they're like some of my favorite programs. Absolutely. Him, him hosting the Golden Globes over here is something that I cannot fully convey to you guys how genius it is. Yeah. Because I still watch it. He, yeah, I, I was going to say, do you guys get some yeah. of our award shows over oh, there? Yeah. Okay. So like the Golden Globes, for those who've never seen it, are basically like the the drunk Oscars. It's where they just sit at tables and they all get loaded on whatever drink or drugs that they can have. And it's sometimes that's charming, but most of the time you're just sitting there thinking, look at these ridiculously overly moneyed, overly sexed, overly drugged Hollywood A-list types patting each other on the back about how important their art is and all this other stuff. And by the way, I love movies and I love, you know, I like a lot of these actors, but it is a bit of a self-congratulatory love fest, right? So then enter Ricky Gervais several years ago to this. He just comes out there and he just th- insults them right to their face and it's funny. The one this and year was brilliant. Oh my they god, get... I started laying into Judy Dench though. <gasps> uh... Oh, I don't know if I remember that part, but Dude, he the the brilliant part about it is that he makes them so uncomfortable and some of them get genuinely angry about it. Yeah. And he at some point they took the hosting role away from him. The ratings dropped and people <laughs> complained. And then and then he got back and he basically is like, See, I'm back. He's like, and you're paying me and yeah. I get to do the you know, and I he just I he, went to see him. Awesome. I went to see him live. I think it was the Humanity Tour, so the one which is on Netflix. I went to see that a few years ago, and it was just, you feel bad for some of the things you're laughing at because yeah. it was just yeah. so brutal. But he's brilliant, I think. I absolutely love him. I don't think anyone can be, I don't think anyone can match how he is, like comedians coming through and that. Like anybody else to be trying too hard to be like insulting or get away with it and that. I think he's the only person who pulls it off to that level yeah. where you're like, but it's tricky, tricky to base. There you, you know, go. It turns out we've got three, three talented comedians, Ricky Gervais, <laughs> and as an offshoot of Ricky Gervais's fame as well, we got Carl Pilkington. Oh my uh, good God! I know that name, but I can't. Idiot place abroad. Them. abroad. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, and then yeah. the Ricky Gervais God. podcast. As well. Yeah, yeah. Really. Yeah. So that- you know what? I was going to say my favorite comedian. There was Kevin Bridges. Oh yes, yeah, Scottish guy. Yeah. yeah. Oh. No, you've got to check him out. He's brilliant. It's on Netflix. Probably. Or... Yeah. They'll be, they'll be. Oh, actually, they, yeah, they have all the stand up. I yeah. think he's on Britbox. Okay. I bet he's, the only reason I bring that up is over here, at least Netflix has sort of cornered the market of basically every stand-up comedian has several specials on Netflix because they've just paid idea. a lot of money for them. So. Like the only one he is, Gotham's Ricky Gervais and James Acaster and people like yeah. that. I don't think that many British celeb um, do them because we have Live at the Apollo and stuff like that still. Which where is you get a showcase. Yeah. Where, so we, that's, and that's BBC and like Dane Golds and all stuff like that. So we don't really get that really. Ours is mostly terrestrial. TV. Comedy Central. If you for a, a, an authentic 
90s in particular look at what comedy stupid stupid comedy um was like at its peak in the 90s right there's a show called the fast show fast f-a-s-t right that aired in the 90s and it was absolute genius so you can still you can watch it on like youtube or whatever i think you can get it on amazon prime as well like the first series or whatever um and a lady who um was part of the original writing team and um, was called carolina herm who also uh, uh, who was an actress and the stand-up comedian as well back in the day um uh, who sadly passed away a few years ago um and she played this it, it the fast show is all just small kind of sketches it's all the same all the same talent um, playing these different characters and it's it's just it's the same ilk as um as Vic and Bob right so have you seen Bob Mortimer doing train guy and stuff at the minute that's the best right, Rob, thing on the you've internet lost so much to catch up right. on for you, oh, yeah. you guys you guys need to make me a list clearly and how to be more British and Bob Mortimer doing train guy and until you come back to me and ask me if I want Campuchu then we're no longer friends <laughs> Tom, it seems, he talks seems extreme. Through his name, it's a DCL Rob, I'm going to send you a WhatsApp. This is part oh, of your okay. homework, and also okay. work on okay. I, <laughs> I love, uh, I love that this has turned into an assignment for me. There's nothing that makes yeah. uh, comedy more the, more fun than homework. So, mate, or can it, lad? <laughs> Lad, so I want to. By the way, I want to have a whole show about the word lad sometime. But I, I, I don't. I well, just because I don't get it. But I y'all have to explain. Lad and I'm a girl. Like, it's just I know. Like, well, know. I'm not. I'm not oh, criticizing you. I just. I, I need to understand the whole love lad thing sometime. Anyway, but before I do that, I do want to go back to the Ricky Gervais thing really quick. That brings up an interesting topic. Who is because you know Ricky Gervais? Uh, outside of his performance art, a lot of people don't like him. Um, but I think comedians in general are oftentimes terrible people. I mean, I grew up with Bill Cosby. You know, I mean, oh. uh, you know, yeah, exactly. So that 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 becomes a well. I mean, he he wasn't. We didn't know he was a serial rapist back in the '80s yeah. when I was a kid. You know, yeah. Everyone watched the Cosby Show. Anyway, my question is of the of all the comedian, or maybe not comedians. I don't want to limit to that. But who is an actor, performer, whatever? Do you enjoy the most? That is the worst person <laughs> that you actually enjoy. Oh. Like, I'll give you an example to start off with, and I'm not saying I still enjoy him, but I I would think of this now as an example, like. I saw Louis C.K. live once, and he's that's one of the best live performances I've ever seen. Now, we all know now he's a terrible person, but you can always, now you look back and you're kind of like, well, if you listen to him talk, and it was funny, but he's kind of, kind of an asshole, right? Yeah. So, um, like I think, for instance, in music, for instance, uh, it's weird how everyone re- everyone reveres Ian Curtis, but Ian Curtis was kind of a terrible person, you know? Like, well, I think the most obvious one is probably Morrissey now because he's oh, a big car ride activist type of thing. Oh, like, yeah. so yeah. know that his album um, um, adverts went up on Mersey Rail stations in Liverpool and they got taken down yeah. because of how far right he is. So I think that I still love listening to this mess because listen to every that single day. He's a wanker. Yeah, somebody posted it was it was Twitter as well actually, Han. Um, where there was um they were doing a comparison between him and George Michael, who were both being interviewed, like some kind of review, like music review. Uh, mm-hmm. The videos, the that. videos back out again at the minute on Twitter. from like nineteen eighty five or something like that. And then there's George. He's like George is like everything's awesome. I'm fit. Loads of girls fancy me. <laughs> you know, but he just came across anyway as a really nice guy. Um, for me, it's got to be it'll be Eddie Murphy. 
because he just goes around getting women pregnant. He doesn't pay his alimony. He's got kids all over the place. He was nasty to Mel B. He's a national institution, I would like to add. So, no, I love him here. Every film, I love him as Donkey really? and Trek. Is, is, Mel, B, is Mel B is a national institution? Yes, she is. Really? Yes. <laughs> That's probably the wrong okay. word. Maybe it sounds a bit wrong, but you know what I mean. She's a national treasure, not an institution. <laughs> She's a national treasure. I'm so sorry, Mel B. And that's what being um, a fishbowl of gin. Yeah, well, yeah, there you go. Because she totally fish, listens to kick about. Um, fishbowl of fishbowl of gin is the name of the episode, by the way. Oh, gosh. <laughs> This whole conversation has been one fishbowl of gin. I, so. But yeah, he, he just he gets a bit of a bad rap of being like he's been awkward to knew all film that. with on. Um, yeah, I think he's crap and what he's in anyway. So uh, oh, I don't know not about Beverly It's 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 top five, dude. If time. if you nah. Eddie Murphy, see here's the thing. Mushu and Moolah? Think about him. Eddie Eddie Murphy is a great actor. He is. I mean, he's an Oscar nominated actor. I can't remember if he's won one or not. No, but like, no, you know, he did yeah, that, that most. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I only watch it to see if Michael Fassbender's on it. So. Yeah. I don't even want to ask why you love Michael That's Fassbender, but. The end of the but, uh, uh-huh. <laughs> Yeah. I'm trying to yeah. think if yeah Morrissey's a great. Morrissey's a great shout for sure. Yeah, I, I don't because I do. I, I mean, I'm a radio host for a show that does 80s and 90s music, and you know, Morrissey and the Smiths are just a yeah, big and part like, of that. At the point, like I can't listen to his new stuff because no, I don't listen to his new stuff. Anymore. But like, I still <laughs> like I have to still listen to the Smiths, even though I feel, I feel like a bit guilty for doing it, but. Well, and that actually begs a question. So. <laughs> but see, Hannah, my theory on that is to, and again, there's always a line, so I don't know exactly what the line is, but I feel like to keep your sanity, you have to somewhat separate the art from the artist or else you'll never be able to like anything. Because as I tell my friends all the time, when these kinds of discussions come up, like if I go in and look at my record collection and I had to suddenly get rid of all the kind of semi-terrible to terrible people, man, I'd, I'd probably lose about 40% of that record collection, you know, you know, think, yeah, you can't name a classic rock artist that you love that probably didn't do something bad that he should, he or she shouldn't have done, but like, you know, Bowie, the Stones, Led Zeppelin. Yeah. This is why, you know, we're all living well, perfect lives when in actual fact, it's the tormented souls who come out sometimes come out with the best art. Well, let's just say the context has changed a little bit, you know, like when the Stones or Zeppelin or Bowie or whoever were hooking up with teenage girls back in the 70s. That was like, wow, aren't they great? Aren't they cool? And now it's sort of like, it's a little creepy. It's like, I don't know about that. But you just sort of, that's why you have to kind of separate the art from the artist. Make your, and by the way, I think the same thing about sport to a certain degree too. Like, look, if you're, if you're a... A Lester supporter, which is a weird, sad existence on in its own way. But let's just say you are, um, and you're you're a uh, a labor voter or whatever. You have to be able to say, look, Jamie Vardy is who he is, and he's he's a terrible Tory or whatever. But he's a great goal scorer, and I have to be able to enjoy goals. And white you know? and grass, <laughs> yeah, yeah, full on grass. By the way. I enjoyed the uh, Colleen Rooney. Was it the Colleen yeah. Rooney? Uh, what's also her name? Also known as Colleen. Colleen. <laughs> I don't know how to say her name. Oh, that might have been your best Scouse impression. Say Colleen. 
Colleen. Oh, he's in the gang. <laughs> Colleen. No, I can't. I can't do that. Colleen. I thought it was Colleen. I thought it was Colleen. That's, That's Colleen. how you know. So Colleen. it's Colleen. Yeah. Well, the Colleen, the Colleen Rooney, uh, whatever her big response on Twitter that was, was to honestly that's the most i've enjoyed premier league football what's, what's in years called? um wagatha christie wagatha christie <laughs> oh, oh i love this country i was in it i've never been to work at the time and just seeing it at my day was just maze because it was just oh. so entertaining so hannah can i ask another or hannah and kate can i ask another operation good it's <laughs> okay. an exercise question what is what is a WAG? Like, WAG stands for something, but I never wives remember what it is. Wives and girlfriends. But why? It's so weird that they call it a WAG. It just seems very, like, it, oh, it sounds we too close to hag. Chav, we have, like, chavs and stuff like that. Hannah, how Hello. long ago was it when it was, Cheryl, it was Cheryl Tweedy? At the, oh, Cheryl Cole, when they got married. Cheryl, Cheryl yeah. Cole, it was Victoria Beckham. I'm just trying to think. Alex Gerrard, even. When it was, it was that lot for the World Cup. Yeah. So that's when that was was the, mo- with the when it was, it was most prevalent, wasn't it? So that's when it now awesome. people aren't as bothered. Now the only ones are supposed to be Rebecca Fars and Clean. Um, yeah, it should be. I should be following Rebecca Vardy online. By the way, I feel like that would be entertaining. I can't, I can't even think of any other wags that I've bothered. Really? No. Other, my other question too is: Isn't wag, even though it just stands for wives and girlfriends, it's a bit of a loaded term, isn't it? It's kind of suggests a, yeah. a take a taken care of woman whose only contribution is just being the hot chick that is married or otherwise involved with this footballer. And brings on the pet. Remember Clean's perfume? Yeah. Like that's where wags are at the peak. She has a perfume on Clean Rooney, and it was fit. <laughs> There's the most scouse thing you will ever hear. Clean Rooney as a perfume out, and it was fit. It was never the bottle and everything. Yeah. It was that perfume. She, she has a perfume. She has a perfume. We're going back to at least God 2007. Yeah, must have been. Yeah. It was so she got a perfume. She got a perfume just because she's Colleen yeah. Rooney. And yeah, but it got was really like nice. A, you know, like a color of fashion. Oh, color was or... it? Well. If it was policy. nice, then that's good. Yeah. I mean, God, that's like unlocks like a very distant memory. You can still buy it, so I've just Googled it. You can now get, you can now get a hundred milliliter bottle and a body butter for 14 quid. Oh, <laughs> so good Lord. Go. She's at TJ Hughes level, Han. Oh, that's it now. There we go. She's that's the real thing. Oh wow! Look at that! You know look what? at that photo! You know what? For all we're laughing, right? She doesn't look that much different to <gasps> yeah, them now. Yeah. Oh my true. God! There's a series she's of pets. Do they have like their life too? So. Well, she's married to Wayne for one. No. Exactly. Yeah. Speaking of which, if we were going to do the same conversation about uh, athletes that we just had about entertainers being terrible people <laughs> that people celebrate, wait, yep. like I, I'd like to let, let me make my final Everton contribution of of this podcast episode. Um, Wayne Rooney's a terrible person, and I don't mind saying it. And he's not an Everton legend just because he started at Everton and collected a, a fat paycheck at the very end of his career when he wasn't very good yeah. and scored one crazy, stupid halfway line goal that is YouTube fodder more than it is anything important. Like, I don't get the worship of Wayne Rooney by anyone who's not a United supporter or maybe some weird hardcore England supporter he's a, because he's a proper scouser and came from a very working class area and stuff. Yeah. I think that's why there is that respect for him. 
And because he had such potential, you know, when yeah. he was hungry, when, when you know, when he was a, when he was a kid, essentially, when we first played him, he was hungry, and there was no. I, around I don't around question. There. I don't question how great of a talent he was, and obviously, he with Everton, he had the potential, and with United, he actually went and you know yeah. fulfilled all the potential and won everything. And you know, I'm not questioning his greatness as a player. I just kind of think that. The adoration of him from a certain segment of Everton fans. I, I I guess you're right. I mean, he's local, but he's also, and and I'm sensitive to it because I've had a friend who passed away related to something like this. But drunk drivers can can yeah. can, yeah. can can, can no suck it. it <laughs> yeah, I just say no, not when you're, hard. especially not when you're not when you're rich. Well, uh, yeah. you, you know, but no, whatever. Driver. Yeah. No. How many? How yeah. many Premier League players could you take down for drunk driving offences? No, it would be like you know who've all right. They've been splashed on the back pages, but they've had a rap on their wrist, and that's pretty much it. Oh, yeah. Unreal. John Terry for me. He's just always looked really shifty. John Terry's a racist, though, isn't he? Well, and, you know, I just don't like him. I just really, no. really don't like him. I've never forgiven John Terry for that offside goal against us. Um, <laughs> I'm just, it's just another chapter in it in the Everton Book of Misery. Oh, it's all the highly publicized um, drama with him and Wayne Bridge. Oh, yeah. Was, uh, Boy. Was, uh, was, was, That's was, an English one. name, by the way. The two, Wayne like, the, we should do, we should do a whole show on what I, what I consider to be the most English sounding names. Like, Danny Drinkwater has to be up there. <laughs> yeah. Wayne Bridge. Like, there's a lot of guys named Wayne in y'all's culture, I've noticed. Like, Wayne is a middle name of a serial killer in America, whereas or a country singer, but it's usually not the first name of anyone. Also, a Harry Enfield the, character, so you need to go watch the likes of the Fast Show and Harry yeah. Enfield and Friends from back in the nineties to Again, look back. All these references are totally going over my head. Right? Right, you have to write all these down, Kate, because my homework curriculum is getting very long in this episode. Yeah, very, very true. Well, guys, um, we have managed to get through 59 minutes and counting of talking about very little, but it's been awesome. I, I've, I've found all of it enthralling. Uh, actually, a lot of footy as well, to be we've fair. Talking a, we talked a lot about football and, and Everton. And, back. <laughs> and we've talked about a lot of just non sequiturs that have been awesome. And this is why I ask two people like you to join me for this. because and to this show is, shoulders. <laughs> well, you know, you can't miss I mean, them. look. They can't even fit into the screen. They're so wide, you know. I just I, I've been blessed I've been blessed with these shoulders, you know. Not your shoulders. Uh, we love you fun. really. Hey, like I say, like I've always said, I have a face made for podcasting. And so, you know, that's I'll, I'll take any victories that I could get. So, well, guys, it's been a pleasure. Uh, thanks to Kate Riley James. Thanks to Hannah Farrell. Uh, we will see you guys again next week for more Kickabout. Take care. What makes for a great vacation? Depends on who you ask. Are you looking to get away or bring everyone together? Do you want to get outside and play or see a play at the plate? Fortunately, however you operate, I'm the destination you've been looking for. The name's Missouri, but you can call me Mo. And I have just one question. What's your MO? To find your MO, tap now. Or for information on safe travel, come see me at visitmo.com. Sports Social Podcast Network. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. 
This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.